Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. So we have a 100% voting of Mariano Rivera into the Hall of Fame. Seth and I both got that right. Wow. Shocker. We have a Super Bowl preview coming up today. But most importantly, we have a trade forthcoming in the NBA. And the trade deadline's a couple of weeks away. This is the first we're hearing about it. Seth and I talked about this in in December at some point where we said, you know what, Anthony Davis, he's going to be on the block at some point, but he's got this mega contract proposal coming out in June to the tune of $240 million, which only the New Orleans team could offer. And then late last night, early this morning, uh, Wojo from ESPN, Jim Wojciechowski, comes out with the breaking news that Anthony Davis has requested a trade Hello? Hello? Are we on? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very sorry about that. Uh, I must have gotten disconnected, and it looks like Seth is disconnected as well. What I was trying to say was last night and early this morning, oh, now I know why, because my internet went down. That happens every once in a while, ladies and gentlemen, but here we are back at it right now. Seth is coming back on. So last, and Seth, my internet went down, so hence everything went down. Uh Last night, the and early this morning, Gene Wojciechowski reports from the that Anthony Davis. Adrian. 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 Why do I? Who's Gene? Why do I think it's Gene? Gene Adrian Wojciechowski. Gene does college football. That's why. Okay, Adrian Wojciechowski reports that Anthony Davis has stated that he will not re-sign with the New Orleans Hornets. He won't. He just won't do it. So that max contract. That extra $20, 25000000 million doesn't really matter. And now it's open <laughs> season. Right, exactly. Now, well, you know, 215, 220, 240. I mean, really, what, what's the difference here, there, and what, everywhere? But the what's fact 40 of the matter million, is, What's 40 million among friends? Right. Well, the fact of the matter is today, Seth, it's open season for Anthony Davis. So. We talked about this in December, and we stated quite bluntly that the Hornets should not do anything, we both agreed, until Anthony Davis, uh, one of two things happened. Either they put the max contract out there and said, here you go, don't sign it, or he says, I want to trade. I still don't think the Hornets should do anything right now. 
I don't think there. I don't think there's anything to be made, any good to be done by rushing into this in the next two weeks. I think they would be foolish to make a trade in the next two weeks. What do you think? I agree. I mean, I mean, look, the two big, the two teams that have been most prominently stated, not surprisingly, are the Lakers and the Celtics. The Celtics can't make this trade. Because my understanding, and you're, a cap, you're more the capologist than I am, is Kyrie Irving has to be, has to be re-signed. There's something with Kyrie Irving that he has to be under the, under the cap. He has to be signed by the Celtics, or he has to be renounced by whatever it is. There's something with Kyrie, which disallows Boston to make any realistic deal until that's done, which is June 15th. Um. Plus, with this New Orleans team, you know, you know the Lakers. I don't see any magic. I don't see any great value that magic that that the Lakers are going to offer, which would make uh, you know make Dems the, the GM down in um, in New Orleans say, yeah, this needs to be done now. Because you know Kuzma, Ball, and Hart are not going to restart. Are not going to jumpstart a franchise. So and if you so to me, there's I mean, nothing offered at this point that you can't wait to see what the Celtics can do in six months. Agreed. And so here's the thing. Here are the, here are the players, from my point of view. And, and granted, I took some of this off of ESPN, but I did some thought here. Obviously, you got the Lakers. And if you're the Lakers, you offer everything but LeBron. If you want this done, you got to put Ingram out there. You got to put Ball out there. You got to put Kuzma out there, and you got to put your first round pick. And even that, to me, if I'm if I'm the Hornets, I say no way. Really, what has Ball done? What has Ingram? Ingram's taken a step back, and Ball is shooting 26 percent from the field. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. All right, so let's look at other players in here. Let's go to the Knicks. Are the Knicks a player? And I know, Seth, you're going to tell me, no, 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 they're not a player. Well, let me ask you this. If I'm, if I'm the Knicks and I'm willing to put Porzingis in that deal, am I a player? Because I think I'm a player if I'm willing to put him in that deal. So you're going to offer Zingas, Knox, McClitmore, uh in the first round pick? No, I wouldn't. Well, that's the thing. What else are you willing to give up? So, if you're in the Knicks and you offer Porzingis and Knox and the, not this year's pick, but let's say next year's pick, protected pick, is that better than the Lakers? I think it's better than the Lakers. Oh, yeah. The, qu- the I problem think- you have is this. You have Porzingis. Look, Porzingis is one of the two best players that's going to be out when being Tatum. The question is, you don't know what you're getting back, meaning is he going to be the Porzingis of two years ago, or is he never going to return to that player? Now, we've seen people from ACLs or ACLs come all the way back. But it's not a foregone conclusion. Plus, Porzingis is a free agent in a year, I believe. Well, Porzingis is a restricted free agent right now, and 
if he re-ups, now granted, he can just take the restricted tag and say, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to play out my contract for one more year. There has never, and I say this, never been a player offered a max contract on his second contract. Now, Porzingis is still on his rookie deal. On, on his right. second contract that has ever turned it down. Ever. In the history of the NBA. So, if you're saying to Porzingis, if you're New Orleans and you're saying, okay, dude, you got a torn ACL, you haven't played all year, I'm going to give you a max contract right now, go ahead and t- turn it down. I don't think yeah, that's I happening. I don't, think that's happen- I don't think that's happening for any. So, he's earned $20 million so far. He's going to make $120 million in his max contract. There's no way he turns that down. Now, I do get the, I do get the point of – is he what he was? Is he is that what he will be? But that's why you're getting Kevin Knox too, right? I mean, Porzingis two years ago is not Anthony Davis, but Porzingis no. is what a top fifteen player in the NBA no, two years but, ago. No, I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that high, but a top twenty to thirty. All right, so let's say a top twenty player and Davis is a top ten player, right? I mean, potentially top five. If not top five. I think Knox certainly covers that. I think you would either give Knox or the number one pick, one of the two. And if you're giving the number one pick, you give an unrestricted number one pick. But again, this is why the Hornets don't make this deal now. <laughs> right. Because if that pick becomes because, yeah. Zion Williamson, if that pick becomes Zion yeah. Williamson and you're in the Knicks, you can offer Zion and Knox, and maybe trump any player's deal, any team. Well, the, the other question you have is, obviously, you need Davis over to bring in the free agents. Agreed. Or you, you may not need it, but it is certainly a mega positive. If you're Kevin yes. Durant and you get the chance to play with Anthony Davis or Clay Thompson or whoever it is. I, 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 so, look, but it Seth, makes we've seen very this before. We've seen, so free agency doesn't start until July 1st. The draft is before free yes. agency, yes? Always has. Yes. And the lottery is even before that. So if you know yes. you have the first pick in the draft on June 15th, you can say to New Orleans, hey, New Orleans, I got Zion Williamson and I got Kevin Knox. And unless you're getting Jason Tatum from up, up I-95, you're not getting a better player than I'm giving you. So do you want two young studs that both can, can play? And potentially Zion Williamson, you don't know what you're getting. And Knox, you real Knox is 19 years old. You don't know what you're getting there. No, you may get. No, a, you don't. You, you may get Alonzo Ball. You may, or you may get a Tracy McGrady. You may, or you may get something in the. Just put a, yeah, I mean Alonzo Ball. I mean, there's two very, very, very different players. But um, agreed. No, I understand your point. So. It's, if you're it, going down it literally, that road, it literally leaves. There are tw- every, te- every team in the league will happily out. make an offer 
make an offer for Anthony Davis. Yes. I don't I don't see how I don't see how the Lakers wouldn't be trumped by three or four teams. If they I, I waited. Just don't. If they waited and if Anthony Davis said did not say I won't sign with anybody but the Lakers. So is this a one t- is this a one year deal where he's going to go to the Lakers anyway? And granted, look, we've had that occurrence happen with Paul George, and he said, "Screw it, I'm going to do what I want anyway." So there's that too. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six, I am anxiously awaiting Celtic mega fan Mark Rubin calling in. Uh, who we who we definitely gave props to on on the webpage today. So we'll see if he calls in. But the fact is, if you are the if you are the Hornets, you do not make this trade in the next two weeks, unless you're getting no. Joel Embiid, <laughs> which is not happening. I'm not I'm not joking, right? If you get Joel Embiid, you make that trade because he well, will be yeah, the best player not- that you get. By far. Well, yeah, you're not. First of all, you're not getting Joel Embiid. Second of all, didn't he already sign his second contract? So he you, did. if you would, so you'd have him you... for four more years. Yeah. Right. Well, well there's that's a better the chance, so much better my... chance Simmons gets. But here's my question, Seth. If you're Philadelphia, let's go the other way. If you're Philadelphia and you're offered Anthony Davis for Joel Embiid, do you say no? I'm not sure the only you do. problem the only problem you have is is you're only you may only be getting Davis for one year. True. That's the issue. Would I rather have Davis or Embiid all things considered? I'd rather have Davis. But would I rather have four years of Embiid or one year of Davis? It's not even a question. Also or like what you know, I can't take I can't take that risk. Now, okay. are you going to do the, okay, Ben Simmons isn't fitting with Embiid. You know, you throw Simmons, Fultz, um, hell, I don't think you can throw him Butler. You know, uh, you know two first-round picks, and it's Not David, you get Davis and Drew, and Drew Holiday back. No way. Well, whatever. There's no there's, – first of all, salary cap you'd have to throw, doesn't work. You'd have to throw, but, doesn't have work. To throw Butler in. So you throw Butler. Even then, so it wouldn't work. Giving up. Even then, it wouldn't work. Nope, wouldn't work. So let's Holiday understand. Has Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is making twenty-seven, I believe, twenty-seven to twenty-nine million dollars a year. Anthony Davis is making twenty-five million dollars a year. You got a match of forty-four million dollars in salaries, and you're Fif- using Ben 54, Simmons. Dude. Fifty. That's why you're 54. the math guy. You're fifty-four, right. and you're using and you're using Simmons, Ben Simmons as the catalyst who's making six. So okay, let's so Simmons, throw Fultz, many... Fultz, Butler, and two first rounds. Why, if you are New Orleans, do you do that? Because you're getting your Simmons. First rounds... ah, your first... No. You're... First of all, you're getting a Butler who won't, who won't want to play there. So you better turn him around real quick. Because we saw what he would do in Minnesota. What's he going to do with a team that's yeah. going nowhere? Yeah, I get it. I'm so my, I'm my, dude, I'm just throwing this off the top of my head. I mean, yeah, then, then Philly, can't make, Philly can't make the run at it. 
Because there's got to be a third team. Um, Because they're never going to win. Look, you can't trade Embiid. Okay, so if you You, want – If you just want want Anthony Davis, you're going to play Drew Holiday off the ball, which you can do. Not in his best – not not his best place, but he can play off the ball. And you're gonna put you're gonna put Simmons. Let's let's get up to about twenty five. So you got Simmons, you got Fultz, that gets you about fourteen, and then you need a JJ Reddick or something like that to get you there. Now I'm not sure they want to trade the JJ Reddick, quite frankly, to get you there anyway. No, they would they would need they would need him. You're right, they don't have they don't have the salaries to make it work. And how Seth, how do you play that front line? Embiid and Davis underneath? Yeah, it's yeah, no, that's, it'd be a disaster. That's a spacing it's issue. Not, okay, so yeah, so other, so I, I really just throwing shit out there. Yeah. Ooh, using one of those six naughty words. I uh, uh, I haven't done that in a while. You haven't. Beep. So if you're so if you're looking for teams that. I think there's two ways to handle this. One is, are you looking for a team that wants – is New Orleans looking to win now, or are they looking to reset? If they're looking to win now, I could see a team like Portland going full in, right, and getting back a C.J. McCollum or Damian Lillier, which fills that spot, fills the salary slot and hoping that Portland can convince Anthony Davis to stay there with the other one. And that would be rather enticing to see Lillard and Anthony Davis going that way. Yeah, but that to if me is the same problem that you, it's the same problem you have now. Davis is leaving New Orleans because he wants to, in my mind, go to a bigger market. Okay. Portland is not that market. Is Toronto that market? I mean, Toronto is a big market, but who? I mean, unless you're thinking that what's his, that? You jury, hey, he did all out for Leonard. What the heck? Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he make the run at Davis and really give Golden State a run for their money? But then you have to package your entire future system, Aluambi, Van Fleet, and I don't know, first round. For two, and you're gonna, you're, you may lose both of them. You're gonna lose at least one, and you lose all your depth. That is a, oh, and the salaries don't work anyway. So you'd have to figure out. Well, I don't know who else they can throw in. I mean, that is. Well, a I'm gonna go. Trade. It's a brutal but fun trade to think about, isn't it? It would be a blast. But I, I don't see how it would work. Well, you'd have to trade Abaca in that deal. That's the salary that goes back. Gotcha. It would, I'm, so, I'm, I'm looking it up right. So, I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. So Toronto, and let's go to uh, let's go to New Orleans. Let's see how we can fashion this trade. So, by the way, Drew Holiday is earning twenty six million dollars this year and has four more years in that deal. So, if we put Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is $25 million. Now, I got I to gotta find $25 million. Abaka's at 21. So, I'm already there. Or, or I take Vashalonis 
There you go. Vala, see you. I can never pronounce this guy's name. Vala, they're not Jonas. taking notice. What? No, no, no. Wait, wait. One. What? I got you. Here we go. Here we go. I think this trade works. Nope, it failed. Why did it fail? 18. Who the hell would want to watch another play- Hold on. I got to put another player in here. Then it'll work. So let's put, I don't think we put Van Fleet. I think if we put Richardson, that works. All right. Who? So. A Malachi Richardson? Malachi, my boy. All right. So here's how this works. If New Orleans was willing to, to package Velasionis, which we know they would, Anuna boy, right? OG Anuna boy? I, I can never pronounce yeah. this guy's name either. Okay, Malachi Richardson and Siakam, their, their other top guy, right? Their top young guy. And a first-round pick, that would work for Anthony Davis. So you're getting a power forward, a small forward, and a first-round pick. Now, does that trump? Let, let's, go, let's go to the Celtics, right, who we know are going to have to put together a big package here. So the Celtics... Now, the thing about waiting for the Celtics is that there are certain things that they cannot add, and they can't add it because they're restricted free agents. So these guys would have to agree to be in this trade, and I can't imagine any of them doing that. So I think you have to put Tatum in this deal, right? If you're New Orleans, you don't make the deal without getting Jason Tatum. So Tatum and Smart get you, I think, three-quarters of the way there. That's seventeen million. I need another seven million. So let it can't be Rozier. It can't be Jalen Brown. It can be. It can't be Morris. And it can't be Morris, right? Uh, I can't be that guy. Yeah. Okay. So it's Anthony Davis for Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Yabasule, Jabi Yabasule, and say the. Sacramento first-round pick this year. Which which is a better deal, the Toronto deal or this deal? I think the Toronto deal is a better deal. That Sacramento pick kills them. Because that was the well, pick that they were depending so on well. to be a top. Yeah. I mean, they may yeah. actually make the playoffs, which is incredible. Um, so instead of having a top three pick, it's pick 13 or 14 which in a draft that's not overwhelmingly deep really isn't that much of an incentive. I mean, I'll be honest, at that point, I almost may look at the Knicks. Um, I don't, you know, if I'm New Orleans, I don't really want smart. You know, Tatum is a stud. Yeah, I'm Holiday. Who was the other guy? is a is a throw-in. Who's the third? Who's the last big name you threw in there? For uh, for the Celtics? Yeah. It was Yabasule. Yeah, which you're trading for Tatum in a first round in a first round pick. Yep. And well, Marcus Smart has that. Wait, Marcus Smart at 13 million has value. He has value. I'm not saying he's as valuable as he's a nice everybody player. else is. He's a nice player. He's a He's a nice player, but well, you, with with him and Drew Holiday, 
at the point guard and shooting guard position, I think defensively you got it. I mean, those two guys are great defensively. Offensively, yes, you need they to are. people to put it in the bucket. But defensively, they're they're a shutdown team at that point at the guard position. Yes, they are. Because Holiday's sensational defensively, and Smart is very, very good as well. No, I, this, this is not a in regards to okay. Like I like Marcus Smart, always have, but I would probably seriously consider Toronto's offer at that point, depending on just depending really on how you feel. Oh, nobody's going to be. I mean, Cisco. We you know we can you can see the up the upside is massive, but. I'll tell I mean, you, if I'm New Orleans, comes- none, of, none, of, none of these overwhelm me if I'm New Orleans. Because it always feels like you're well, getting 70 cents on the dollar, which is what happens when you trade a top five player. I understand. Right. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Think about all the trades that have happened for superstars in the modern era. The Chris Paul trade, the Jason Kidd trade, even for Marbury. I mean, go back to Lou Alcindor, but I think that's a little bit far. But the point is, in every sport, when you trade a stud, I mean, you could even say it about Herschel Walker, right? Because at, at, when Herschel Walker was traded, everybody was saying, oh, you're getting draft picks. I mean, you can't, you can't take the Herschel Walker trade at its face and say it was an even trade and Dallas definitely won. No, it's what Dallas was able to do with those picks that allowed it to win. Not necessarily yeah. that the picks happened. So when you look at any superstar, the minute uh, you, you're not going to get a fair deal ever. I think the no. fairest deal was the fairest deal set was LeBron being traded to Miami. And the only reason that was a fair deal is because LeBron came back. <laughs> Yeah, you're never going to get 100 cents on the dollar. I mean, even Jason no. Kidd was traded for who? Traded for Stephon Marbury, right? Right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting questions via Facebook and via text, so I'll try and answer them. One was, why would Rozier and Brown not agree to a sign-and-trade? Well, so... Rozier, I believe, is an unrestricted. For, uh, I think they're both restricted, actually. So if I think Rozier is unrestricted. Out. Okay, so if Rozier is unrestricted, hold on, free agents, 2019 NBA. So let's assume that that Rozier is a unrestricted free agent. If you're an unrestricted free agent, why on God's green earth would you want to resign to be traded to go? to a team like the Hornets. I don't think it's going to make you any less money or more money. There's going to be half the, half the league is a free agent this year in the NBA. This, uh, by the way, Rozier is a restricted free agent, not unrestricted. And I believe Brown is My the bad. same as they both came in this. I believe they both came in the same draft. Same so that year. being said, yeah. yeah. So that being said, if you're going to make that trade, the point is, if you're Brown or you're Rozier, wouldn't you just 
sign your tender and play one year to become unrestricted. So what happens is, in order to do anything, the Celtics have to, have to issue them a tender. Once they issue them a tender, if I'm Rozier and, and Brown, I'm either saying, you know what? Everybody else in the NBA, you want to sign me? Here you go. Let's tie up the Celtics' money and make them match me. Or I'm going to sign my one-year tender. Like, unfortunately, somebody did that. His name was Greg Monroe, and he lost out on it. But the point is, you can do that. I'm not saying they will, but why would you agree to a – why would you agree to a contract? I understand they both want more minutes, but they also want to determine where they're playing, too. The guy that loses out in this is – Look, if if the Celtics want to give Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum more power to them, to the Hornets, I would take that over a Marcus Smart deal. And I think you would too. But the point is, they're not going to do that. And unless the leading person in that Celtics deal is Jason Tatum, and I'm the Hornets, I hang up. There's a better deal out there than a bunch of spare parts. That's yeah, the I Chris agree. Paul deal. Um, yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown is not is not played well enough to be worthy of the third pick overall. Um, you know, as you said, a lot of these, you know, Marcus Smart is a nice rotational player. He said very good defensive player, tough leader, but, utter, you know, nothing, you're not going to build a team around him. You know, for for New Orleans, whoever whoever they trade with, there has to be a centerpiece, a player you can yes. that you can you can play for the next two or three years, can be your centerpiece of your team. And and Seth, so that I believe you, the problem. I believe the problem with the Lakers is that there is none. There is none. That's the point. There's none. Yeah, that's why the Lakers to me don't make sense. To me, it's it's a, if he if, if he says I, I want to play with the Lakers and that Tom Dems, I don't know if I even what am I what's the point? I would almost rather wait a year, trade him at the next deadline to whoever the heck I can get for spare parts and call it a day. You're not that's that's thirty cents on the dollar. You know. Ingram is a is done nothing for me. You know, I know people like they're big on him. I haven't seen it. You know, Josh Hart's a nice player, but he's a rotational player. None of these youngsters have have gotten know, better branch players. Or they haven't gotten better, gotten better, which is part. That's the point. Yeah, that's the point. Now, I have another question for you. If you are dense and you go to the Celtics and say, you know what? Jalen Brown's a nice player. I like Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum's a nice player. I like Jason Tatum. And I also like Marcus Smart. Would you try and get rid of Drew Holiday at the same time? Is that a huge contract on your on your books? I mean, do you take and and Drew Holiday's not well, dead weight, but at thirty no, million dollars, he's, he's an he's an excellent player. The question is. How does Boston match that up from a salary standpoint? Okay, so here's because how you do you it. In my, okay. Here's how you do it, okay? 
if you can get now again, it's 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 the Brown and Rozier, Mr. Rubin, who has been texting me all this time. First of all, does Drew Holiday have a place with with the Kyrie Irving? I don't know because he would have to play off the ball all the time, which I'm not sure he's he, he would be against. But see, you'd have to match up fifty million dollars. So let's assume that you get Smart Tatum. And uh, Abazule or whatever his name is, he got twenty five right there, twenty three. And you get Rozier. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! How do you get to twenty? How do you get to twenty three? How much is Abazule? Tatum is in a, is in a rookie contract. He's getting what Tatum's seven million a year. Tatum's at seven. So yep, the Smart, other guy's not getting Smart's 16 at fourteen. Million. No, Smart's at oh, fourteen. I didn't, hear you say, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear you say Smart in there. Okay. Yeah, so Tatum Smart. So you're, doing okay. the, you're doing the original contract, Tatum Smart, right? Tatum Smart, sorry, the original deal, Tatum Smart and Abazule. You add in both Rozier, and you're giving up five guys, and you're getting back two. It's the pure depth for star mentality. And you got $50 million. That's an interesting I, – I don't know how you'd play that, but I'll tell you one thing. That team could challenge. Because, remember, they're oh, yeah. not giving up a pick in that, in that deal. They're not giving up a pick. They're not giving up any of their picks in that deal. To me, I don't think they need to. I think those five guys for the two guys, Drew and, and Davis, first of all, salary cap structure would probably work, depending on how the deals are fashioned. But I don't think you have to give up draft choices in those deals. Because New Orleans is also getting salary relief. A ton of it. But anyway, they're that's getting salary another relief. Day. They're getting salary relief. They're getting five young players. Right? Each one of these guys is under 28. And Brown's 21. Tatum's 21. Rozier's 26, Smart's 28, and Abajubam is 22. <laughs> you pronounce that name about 14 different ways. Yeah, it's like Bobby Boucher. It's like the water boy. Um, but that's what I'm saying. So you're getting a five guys. And now, granted, you're getting no picks, but those five guys would be signed, other than Tatum would be signed for two more years. The other guys would be signed for probably four years. You got your starting lineup in New Orleans. Well, we'll see how this plays out after February 8th, which is if, if Anthony Davis is, is still an Hornet after February 8th, I'll tell you one place he's not going, and that's the Lakers. Because this is it. This is their spot. Okay, we do have a pretty important football game coming up on Sunday. Um, so I predicted New Orleans, and that didn't happen. And we both predicted New England, and that did happen, as unfortunate as that may be. And now we have New England and the Rams going to Atlanta, where I just was for a week. And what are your thoughts here? What, what are your thoughts on this? And I believe Mr. Rubin's going to call around 645, so we will have one last take on this Celtics thing. Very quickly, Mark, if you would. But 
Seth, what, he's also a diehard Patriots fan, so we can get his Patriots win saga out of the way. What's your take on this game, Seth? Because I can't bet against Tom Brady anymore. I'm kind of done with that. <laughs> You've been done with that for a while, since, New, since the Atlanta game two years ago. I don't disagree. Um, I like New England. It's not a great New England team. Doesn't really matter. I think, I guess my, my question is now is this. Is this more now for Belichick's legacy as opposed to Brady's? Brady's the best quarterback of all time. I, I think this is now being relatively speaking conceited. Um, I'm sure there are fans in Indianapolis and you know, maybe a few in you know, one or two other spots who disagree. But for most of us, this is a conceded point. He's gone to eight. This is his ninth Super Bowl. Interestingly, he really could be eight and zero or zero and eight in these Super. Every one of these games could have gone in either direction. Ironically, absolutely, hundred percent. So, if Brady's not playing for his legacy, is Belichick coaching for his? Because as great as Belichick is, I don't, I don't really hear him in regards to, you know, he doesn't, maybe because his family tree has been so lousy as, as head coaches, but I still, I, I don't know if people still put him with Walsh, you know, put him with, maybe, maybe they do. Um, or even if you go outside of the, of football, put him with coaches like Wooden and Krzyzewski and Oriema and Bud Wilkinson and whoever else you want to throw in. What is this? What is it to me? I mean, what else are we looking at here? Cause well, are we, are we don't looking think... at, is it, is it, okay. So let me, let me try and hit that. I agree. You're not coaching for Brady's legacy. If nothing else, I've kind of signed this in blood, right? That he's the best ever. I mean, I, I wrote a whole spiel. I, I get it. it. It's it's on the Facebook page. If anybody wants to see it, a couple of years ago, I actually wrote a letter to Seth, indicating that while I, for years, had said that Brady had had contemporaries, had guys that were on the same plane as him, I conceded after that Atlanta game. And that's why Seth brings it up that Brady was the GOAT, the greatest quarterback ever, greatest of all time. Is there really a question whether Bill Belichick's the greatest football coach of all time? Because I'm not sure anybody questions that either. I think it's more um, along the lines are, is, is, are the Patriots the greatest dynasty ever? I think that may be your your question right now. You got the Yankees in the fifties. You got the 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 um, excuse me the Steelers in the seventies. You have the Celtics in the fifth in the fifties and sixties, right? Fifties and sixties. If I'm correct. Yeah, fifty-seven to One, seven. Nine out of 56 eleven. Fifty-six to sixty-nine. Eleven out of thirteen. Okay. Eleven out of thirteen. Can you make the case with a win here? which would be their sixth, correct? Six out of nine? 
Yeah. Yeah? Could you make the case that they are the greatest team of all time? I don't know. I think, I think you can make. I just certainly think you can make the argument that that they're there. I mean, look, they've won what fourteen out of fifteen AFC East division championships. That's ridiculous. And the only year that they lost was Matt Castle, because Matt Castle. And they went eleven and five. Seth, it's not like they. It's not like they tanked. <laughs> they just didn't win the division. They went to the playoffs. <laughs> I mean. That may be the legacy more the, playing for her. Oh, I was thinking more along the lines of the Canadians in the 50s through the 70s who won, what, 11, sure. 12 titles, something like that. I, I think it's a reasonable argument. Because, again, this is being, yeah, the Celtics won 11 out of 13, but it, the era is so different. I mean, obviously the sport is different, but the era – of, you know, they found Seth, ladies and gentlemen. They found us. When we hear the <laughs> cop pulling him over, we'll understand. Uh, you know, do you go with Green Bay in the sixties? That's the argument, right? Because let's let's talk about the coaches that would be in that pantheon. Lombardi has never done, did not do what Belichick has done. Not at all. Well, he won. Well, okay. he won six out of he eight. He won. Wait, 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 wait. He won. Five out of seven, six out of eight? I mean, Four, the, the, this is 14 the question years, was, dude. Right, but he won the same amount of Super Bowls in half the time. Okay. But they weren't Super Bowls, right? They were, they were and I Whatever. understand. You, you, you can, you can only win what you win, right? First, yeah. yeah, the championships were the first two teams. I mean, the only yep. other dynasty to that regard in football that I can think of are the Cleveland Browns, Browns in the 40s and 50s, yeah. who went 10 years in a row, either went to, went to the championship or won it. Okay, so, 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 this is an, so this is an interesting take. We have Mark Rubin's going to come on in a second. Mark is a diehard Patriots fan. And believe it or not, he may be the one to answer this question because he's been there the whole time. He lives now in D.C. He's a Celtics guy. He's a Patriots guy. But I'm more – this is a question that we can ask Mark. Mark, welcome to the show. We love having you on every year when you extol the virtues of Tom Brady. But And we both <laughs> already agreed that, that, that the Patriots are likely to win the Super Bowl here. What legacy we, – we both acknowledge that Tom Brady is the, is the greatest of all time. What legacy are the Patriots playing here for? Are they playing for Belichick? Are they playing for the top team of all time? Where, where do you see this going? Well, thank you. I, your show is great, and thanks for having me on. To answer your question, I think one of the things that people – one of the things that people forget about when it comes to uh, the Patriots and Belichick in particular is that can you, he wears two hats. Not only is he arguably the greatest NFL coach in the history of the game, but he's also the president of team operations. And maybe you can help me, but can you identify another front another pr- 
person in any professional sport, or at least the four major American sports, uh, American and Canadian, that where you've had somebody who's worn both hats. The only person sure. I can think of who comes close is Red Auerbach. Well, that's, that's what I was going to suggest, is Auerbach was certainly that guy. And I believe Scotty Bowman did it for the Canadians in the yeah, 70s. So that was no, where I was going to go with but, but, but Bowman had, uh, oh, and I'm showing my hockey ignorance, but Bowman always had a very talented GM whose name is escaping me right now. So it's really sure. uh, Arbach and Belichick, but I think the one thing that distinguishes Belichick from Arbach, uh, God rest his soul, is that Arbach did it in, when they're not in the era of free agency. I mean, Belichick's roster turns over by 25 to 33% every season. And yet, uh, they're always, uh, you know, their record speaks for itself. So to me, if they win uh, title number six under, uh, you know, Brady, of course, is going to get all the accolades in the world. But to me, uh, maybe it's, you know, the, the Belichick's greatness as a dual hat wearer, I think, has to be acknowledged. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because Belichick will probably be the last of the dual hat wearers. I mean, we've seen this from time to time in all major sports in that it's harder and harder to do. And granted, Belichick has had some help. I mean, Bob Quinn, he, he's had it. If he has not had a oh, yeah. tree, Seth, we've talked about this. He has not had a tree of coaches. He certainly has had a tree of personnel guys, right? Scott Pioli, Bob Pioli. Right. I mean, the, the, the personnel guys have certainly gotten there. So I agree with you. Now, now, Mark, before we let you go, just one more thing. Your prediction on the game, we know the Pats win because your prediction will always be that the Pats win. I don't think I've ever heard you say the Pats will lose. Ever, 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 no matter – we've known each other almost <laughs> well, 22 if, years, if, if, and I don't – If I did to enter the great state of Massachusetts, would be revoked. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, the reason that's, that Mark and I get along is the first time I've ever met Mark, I shut his office door, and staring at me was a life-size poster of Kevin McHale. No joke. And that's how I knew that Mark and I would get along. Now, granted, Mark is like five foot four, so he doesn't really go very high five, up six. on the Kevin McHale statue. Five six, excuse me, on the Kevin McHale uh, like height meter, but it was sitting right there. So, so, Mr. Rubin, what is your prediction other than a a Patriots win? How yeah. do you see this so, game playing out? Uh, well, okay, I'll cut right to the chase and give you a final score. I think it's going to be Patriots 32, Rams 24. But if history wow. is a guide, there is uh, the Patriots, the Brady-Belichick Patriots, have uh, never won a Super Bowl by more than four points. If I am, they won Super Bowl 36. By three, they won Super Bowl no, thirty-eight wrong. by three. Because they beat Atlanta by. No, they won Super Bowl. They won on a touchdown. They won on the touchdown so 30, in overtime against Atlanta. It would be six points. 
Uh, right, exactly. They, that's right. Super Bowl 51. I was there, so shame on me for not remembering that correctly. <laughs> they won by six points, Super Bowl 51. But all of their games are close. And I don't think 32-24 is, you know, that's certainly not a blowout. But I think uh, when, when the Rams-Saints game ended, I said to myself, I'm glad we're – this isn't a knock on the Rams because they're a, a great, wonderful team. But I said – maybe incorrectly, but I said – I'm glad we're playing the Rams and not the Saints. I think the Saints have more teams speed on defense, and, I, and Drew Brees is, you know, uh, first ballot nanoseconds worth of a, a Hall of Fame uh, inductee. So, uh, so he's a not mom. that Jared Goff can't be that, but I think that Belichick, you know, has a pretty good track record of, uh, of uh, uh, neutralizing young quarterbacks. Agreed. There is, All right, there is Mark, thank one, you so much for calling in. Yeah. Go ahead, Seth. There's only Sorry. one point that would make me a bit nervous here. Is every time it seems that New England is a significant favorite, are there games that they seem to lose? Yeah. Well, uh, they were a significant favorite. Hold on. They're a narrow favorite. Hold on, Hold on a second. Were they the, five and a half? The opening six, line. Something like. Let me, let me tell you. The opening line in Vegas was the Rams a point and a half. Yeah. And what happened right. was. $600,000 came in on the Patriots. $600,000 came in within like an hour and a half. And all of a sudden it went up to two points for the pass. So I'd like to tell you that all of that 600000 was from me. Well, I know that. That's why, yeah, you're, but that's why when, I'm, when I'm old and cranky, my tequila is coming from Mark. That's where we're going with there that. There you go. Okay, Mark, thank, thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you uh, in the next couple of weeks about the Celtics. Great show, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, that was Mark Rubin, one of our favorite guests here on the Seth and Short Sports Radio and diehard Boston fan. I mean, diehard. There's no joke about that McHale poster. It was there. And he goes to every single Super Bowl. He goes to every one. He generally flies in on the day of the game, sometimes without tickets, and finds a ticket, which is crazy well, this to must me be his, because I would go this must be his. This must be his favorite show ever. This has been 45 minutes of literally, of literally blowing Boston. So, <laughs> so where are you today? It's like the space ball. She's gotten to suck the blow. <laughs> wow Okay well we bow down And we feed at the teat Of the Boston Sports Radio Here on the yeah. Seth and Sports Radio Station Shoot me but the, the po- but the point is I would like to point out to Mr. Rubin Who's probably still listening right now The first 100% First ballot Hall of Famer Was not a Red Sox But rather it was a Yankee <laughs> And I'm sure that makes you feel a lot better. It makes me feel better because I don't have to hear all those Red Sox guys. But quite frankly, it You're shouldn't have been the first time. You hate time. the Yankees. How do, how I, do you hate I the Yankees? Do. So what do. good does that do you? But it, but it shouldn't have been the first time. But let me ask you this, Seth. Do you think it will be the last? Or do you think that this just opens no. up the floodgates? For, do you think Derek Cheeto will get 100% next year? Yes. This opens the floodgates. This opens the floodgates. Okay. Are you happy about that? Yeah. 
but look, because I'm not. Me, we've talked about. I, the, I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> you don't like it because Rivera. If this if this was the precedent from 40 years ago when Babe Ruth and Walter Johnson, all these guys got in, you wouldn't have. Then an I would have been okay with it. You're right. The problem is it's starting with Mariano Rivera. That's the issue. No, the problem is it's, and you can't. No, the problem. Nope. It's not Mariano Rivera. It could be Nomar Garcia Power. It could be David Wright. It could be Carlos Beltran. It could be any one of a thousand different players. If it was Roger Clemens, I'd have a real big problem with it. But the fact is, it could be anybody. And the reason I say this is the same thing that I said that people asked me. My, I think it was my second year in law school. No, first year in law school. Are you rooting for Mark McGuire to beat Roger Maris's record? My answer was no. Absolutely not. Because, Seth, for the first 25 years of your and my life, maybe 20 years, yours and my life, the top five, hall, the top five home run hitters were Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Gabe Willie Mays, Willie Frank, Mays Robinson, Frank Robinson, Hank, and Harmon Killebrew. That was it. Harmon Kilbert Kil- yep. at 573 home runs was number five. Those records have been demolished. Demolished. If you ask a player, if you ask a person today on the street who Harmon Killebrew was or who Frank Robinson was, they don't know. And the reason I don't like that it's 100% isn't because it's Mariano Rivera. It's because history is going to get lost because of this, in my opinion. Okay. That's I disagree. Why. I understand your okay. point, but in, see, to me, this is a little, I see it a little differently. We've talked about Pantheons and Hall of Fames forever. You know my yes. feelings on it. Yes. So to me, if you have a guy, a Jeter, a, and this isn't even me as a diehard Yankee fan, a Rivera, uh, you know, eventually a Pujols, Guys of that who would be a who a deserved Hall of Famers, a tier one to the nth degree Hall of Famer. To me, that doesn't supersede Willie May. I have no problem with it. Okay. I I have no issue with it because look, it was ass nine that Tom Seaver didn't get in with a hundred percent. It was ass nine that Hank Aaron didn't get in or Willie Mays didn't get in. Who voted against Willie Mays? 26 people. Idiotic. There's a great article by Joe Pazanski about that. You should read it. Amazing article by Joe. One of four people that didn't vote for Tom Seaver was went in for surgery the day before and filled out his ballot and filled out the wrong ballot. He was under anesthesia when point. he did it. Yeah, it's okay. Re- I, I get it. I, I get it. Look, okay. So we got five minutes left. I'll go first, then Seth can go, and, we, and we'll talk to you guys next week on our um, football recap and NBA trade deadline preview. And the hockey deadline's coming up as well. Okay, so number one, rest in peace to Peter McGowan. Who, you may be asking? Peter McGowan. The reason the San Francisco Giants are still in San Francisco is because of Peter McGowan. I believe it was 1987, if memory serves, 
and the Giants were about to be sold to the Tampa Bay area. Seth, I don't know if you recall this. This this was just lunacy that the San Francisco Giants didn't have a stadium. Candlestick Park sucked, which it did, and I was there on July 4th in 40-degree weather. It was awful. And Peter McGowan and his his, uh, group not only bought the team, but arranged for private financing, private financing, ladies and gentlemen, for a baseball stadium. What a novel concept. Private finance. Such, without PSLs, without, without personal seat licenses, a privately funded stadium where the government paid nothing. The people paid nothing except for the people that walked into the door. Mr. McGowan passed away, I believe it was yesterday or the day before. And for those people that say, who is Peter McGowan now you know? Peter McGowan was an amazing owner that brought Barry Bonds from Pittsburgh and revitalized the San Francisco Giants. Without Peter McGowan, we don't have the San Francisco Giants anymore. That would be a shame. You know, I just want to make sure he's not related to Shooter McGowan, right? No. Shooter McGowan was an ass. <laughs> First and last time I would ever quote a Bill, a, uh, an Adam Sandler movie. So, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So, well, this there there. I guess this is as close to All Pro Weekend as you have, because you had the NHL All Star Game and you had the NFL Pro Bowl. And I find it hysterical when I look on my on my Facebook or on Twitter. Everyone talks about the NHL, and there was a little bit of a controversy with the woman who won the skills competition, and they weren't going to pay her, which was ridiculous. Everyone talks about how hockey is the greatest all-star game, and everyone hates the Pro Bowl because nobody cares about it. It's in the rain. The highlight was watching Jamal Jamal Adams hit hit Pete the Patriot, and he goes ends up in the hospital. You know what the rating was for the for the Pro Bowl? It was like eight point six. This is why the NFL can get. This is why when when Donald Trump said that the NFL can't withstand this, that, or the other thing, the NFL right now is indestructible from a viewer standpoint. If you really want to pay to watch Mitch Trubinsky in a Pro Bowl in the rain in Orlando over anything else in the world. This is why the NFL gets paid billions, and this is why, at least for the near future, they they still they still run the roost. As as cool as, cool as the NBA is, as you know, it, it's still the NFL to the nth degree. And my son does not is, is so sad that in, and he doesn't understand that he's not going to get to see a football game for six months. I try to convince <laughs> his, his wife his his mother about the Alliance of American Football. I don't think it's going very well. So Fair enough. So for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, sports, BlackSportsPage.com, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Have a good one.